All right, let's um, let's jump in. So what I what I wanted to uh, to learn together is a sicha that the Rebbe um, that was published for Parshas Truma, which is one of the parshas that deals with the building of the Mishkan and the design of the Mishkan, and it talks about the um, you know I, I don't even know what to you know how exactly to frame it because it's such an incredible sicha. The Rebbe here talks about I mean think about Da Vinci Code. Mixed with I don't know Barbie. I'm kidding. No, the thing about the thing about the Vinci code. See who picks up on the references. Um, it's like part history, part mystery, um, uh, part discussion about thank you about um, immortality, part discussion about how to deal with hopes shattered and dreams broken, resilience, trauma, etc. The sicha has it all. And I'm hoping we can get through it. Sarah told me we have two hours. <laughs> I told him the same thing I told you. <laughs> I don't remember what you told me. <laughs> oh, one hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. We got it. <laughs> we got it. All right, so we're going to do this. Now, here's the thing. Here's the challenge. The challenge is that the Sicha has only been published, as far as I can tell with my crack research, has only been published in Yiddish. So there's only, but don't worry, we're not going to, I mean, we're going to explore this in, in English, but the, the actual printed material is only in Yiddish. I don't see, I couldn't find any Hebrew translation, nor could I find, please take and pass, nor could I find an English version, which would have been wonderful and lovely. Huh? Yes. Is that good or not good? I'm saying, no, it's good Oh, as far as questions, we can always... This is just to, to, uh, in case there are people that wanted to hear and learn, etc. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through this. So um, one of the reasons why I also wanted to learn this inside, you know, there's different ways to do this. We could, you know, we could do this outside and present the ideas and, you know, it's, it's inspired by a sicha. The advantage of, it, of doing it this way is to see the Rebbe's methodology in learning, which is incredible. I'm talking about a logical methodology of taking an idea questioning it, really eviscerating it with questions. There's going to be 15 questions on one piece of Rambam. 15 questions. This is, it's a masterpiece. It's like imagine you're watching um, La Havdil. Mozart compose, you're watching Van Gogh, again La Havdil, paint. You're watching a master artist. You're watching a master create and display an idea. Take an idea, take a paragraph that seems pretty simple, Slice it and dice it. Think of Fruit Ninja on steroids, right? Slice it up, 15 different questions from every side till you're left with, there's zero understanding of what it means and then piecing it back together in a way that is absolutely thrilling. So part, so in order to get that, we have to go through the process. Otherwise, we'll just get a question and answer, which is nice, but not as, uh, not as thrilling. In addition to the process, there's also the Rebbe's Dara Halima. There are certain things that come up where you see how the Rebbe looks at something and how the Rebbe doesn't take certain takes certain things uh, does not take certain things for granted in learning and how that can affect the way we uh, we look at things. Okay, does everyone have a copy? Yeah. I'm left with a few extra with one extra. So in case someone needs, there is more extra there. Great, extra all around. All right, I'm going to begin. The context of this is the Rambam Hilchas Beis Abachira. By the way, I looked at the end of the Sikha which is always good. This was said, Parshas Devarim, Tavshimim Aleph, which would have been 1981, Parshas Devarim, which is this last Shabbos. So 1981 to 2023 is 42 years ago. 42 years. And it's about the Besamekdash. Yes. Yes, it's timely. Yes. Tishabav. All right, here we go. Aleph. In Anhaib from Parak Aleph from Hilchas Besamekdash, in the beginning of the fourth parak of Hilchas Besamekdash, Nachdem vi the Rambam schreibt was hat zich gefunden in Kedesh Gedashim. After the Rambam writes what was in the Kedesh Gedashim, as Evan Hayesa be Kedesh Gedashim be Marave Shalah Hayar Munach that there was a stone in the Holy of Holies in the Kedesh Gedashim toward the west upon which the Aaron was placed. Is Ramamshach he writes the following? Here's a quote from Rambam. Uveis Shabana Shlaim Hasabayis. When Shlomo Melch built the base of Midrash, and he knew when he built it that it was going to be destroyed, he built a place, he created a space to bury, to hide 
the Arain. Lamata, below ground, Bimatmunios, Amukes, Valcalculis. In Matmunios are like chambers, underground chambers. Amukes, deep underground chambers. Valcalculis are and crooked, you know, like deep and crooked underground chambers. So Shlomo Melech basically built an underground chamber system underneath the base of Middash. The Yeshua Melech, and the king uh, later on in history, Yeshua Melech, who was, by the way, a king, one of the later kings of the first base of Middash, he reigned for about uh, 30 years, uh, 20 years before the base, from um, 50, 50 years before the base of Middash was destroyed to 20 years before the base of Middash was destroyed. So he, Tziva, he issued the command, the edict, the Gunzu, and they hid the Arim, but Makim Shabana Shlema, in the place that Shlema Melch built. Shlema, as it says, uh, He told the Levim, who were the wise, wise amongst the Jewish people, the wise ones amongst the Jewish people, Hashem, who were holy unto Hashem, he told them, the Levim, Yeshua Melech said to the Levim, place the holy Arim in the house, in the housing that Shlema Melch built, uh, Shlema ben David, Melech Yisrael, Ein lechem masa bekasef, you no longer have a job to carry the Arain, Atta ibdu Hashem lekechem v'goymer, now you can serve Hashem, v'nignaz imay, and Rambam continues, and buried with it was Mata Aaron, the staff of Arain, v'chal elu, and all of these things, you enumerate some things, all of these things, loichazur b'vayasheni, did not return with the second base of Middash, v'af urim v'tumim, and likewise, even the urim v'tumim, shahayu b'vayasheni, that was, there with the second in the second base of Midash, it did not have, it did not respond to the Kayan God. Those questions with Ruch HaKadosh, it didn't light up. Okay, make sense? So here we find something fascinating right off the bat. We always wonder what happened to the Arin, what happened to the artifacts of the base of Midash. Does the Vatican have it? I mean, who has it? Where is it? According to Rambam, we have an answer. Rambam says, where is the Arin? Underground. On the ground, in secret chambers. Who built the secret chamber? Chambers, Shlomo Melech. And how? When did it get there? Yeshua Melech. Yes, seems pretty simple. All right. Good evening. It's been great. Enjoy. Okay. was not buried. It no. According to Rambam, it it was there. Correct. It just it was there, but it didn't work. It was there, but it didn't work, right? Imagine. Um, was there where? On, the by the second base Amidash. So the iron was. Meaning they used not, nothing to do with going under the ground. Correct. It's, it's he mentions it together with it exactly, but he's basically saying it was there, but it wasn't functional in the sense that it wasn't functional. It was part of the begadim. Something's under. Something Something's remained above, but it, it but it wasn't functional. It didn't light up. Remember, like the stones would light up when he asked the question. It's like remember those phones that you had to hit three times for the letters, yes. right? Yeah. My kids have those flip phones. T nine typing, they call it. Anyway, man. Okay. Um, good. So far, so good. You guys need one more copy? Are we good? Everyone's good. Okay. Darfman Frashtein, the Rebbe says we need to understand him first and fragrant as the commenters ask. All right, guys, stay with me. So the Rebbe's question is based on a premise. Now understand this. There's there, there's learning a sikha and then there's and then there's analyzing as we learn, and I don't mind doing both. So let me analyze for a second. The Rebbe doesn't take this at face value. He says one second. If this is in Rambam, okay, Rambam wrote a book of halacha. Why is Rambam telling us a story about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like, in case... Who's the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Um, who's the old guy? <sighs> you guys, come on. All right, whatever. It, it, literally. So, who's Indiana Jones? Who's the, doesn't matter. It does matter in my head, but it doesn't matter for the context of this conversation. Anyway, so if he's really looking for the Ark, right... If he's really looking for the ark, it's not, the Nazis don't have it, right? It's not, it's, where is it? It's under, so the Rebbe asks a question. He says, are you telling me that the Rambam takes? Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Harrison Ford. Thank you. Good. Now, the only problem is, we're going to get to more of these references once we get started. All right, back to the story. So Harrison Ford doesn't need to look, you know, wherever. It's right there under the thing. So the Rebbe asks a simple question. La halacha, if Rambam's writing a book of halacha, why is this relevant? 
He's telling us a book, a, a, a story, a history piece. Where to find, you know, like when you Google where to find the lost ark, we should have like a Maimonidean reference. What's going on here? So they're asked a question. Why is all of this relevant to Allah? Where and how and who buried the Aran? Who cares? How is that relevant to Allah? The, the words that the Rambam writes are l'halacha. If something is not relevant to practical halachic um, action, he does not include it, which means, again, understand the logic. Wait, so a lot of times people ask questions and questions are doors. Every time the Rebbe asks a question, sorry, uh, usually people ask questions and they're walls. When the Rebbe asks a question, it's really a door because it's pointing you to a new way of understanding something. So here the question is, if Rambam is a safer halacha, if it's about law, so how is this a legal teaching? The answer is, we'll find out. It's going to be a legal teaching. It's clearly not a story. That's the premise. It's a question, but it's establishing a premise. This is not going to be a story. This will be a halacha teaching. Nachmer, question number two. Moreover, ater inyin, I'm going to set the parentheses, is b'machlekes shoni. This question of what happened to the Aaron is a machlekes in the Gemara. Let me explain to you what the Gemara says. The Gemara Yuma says, that there are two opinions as to what happened with the Arain. One opinion is that it was buried underground, which we just learned. The second opinion, it's actually the first in the Gemara, is that, um, that, the, that the Jews took it when they went to Bavel, when they were, when they were um, exiled to Babylonia, to Bavel, they took the Arain with them. And from there, I don't know, but they took it with them to Bavel. Isn't that a few killing where we took Hashverish? Um, it could be that a few, yeah, he had by the feast, he had a right. few kalim. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if they were the, like, the holy ones, like the Aaron, like on that caliber. He had some kalim. So, but the, the Rebbe's point is, the Gemara has a major machlekas about this. And for the Rambam, now, the Rambam is a book of halacha, and the Rambam paskins, when you have a machlekas of the Gemara, the Rambam will paskin, here's the halacha, this is what you should do. But in a case where it's a question of history, why would the Rambam wade into a Talmudic uh, debate and, and choose one of those opinions if it's just about a story? Make sense? If you're telling me what to do, I need to know what to do. But if you're telling me a story, why is he choosing one narrative over the other? So, so why is Rambam wading into a machlekas, into, into a dispute, if it's not even necessary? Okay, base. Mefarshim, 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 answer. That there's a great need for the Rambam to talk about the the Aram being buried underground. Why? Because the Rambam says later on that the Temple Mount is holy. So if you've ever visited Israel, maybe even recently, and you come to the Temple Mount, so you know that there are people who go up there to the Harabais. Some people have tours. Some people don't go there. The space of the base Hamikdash itself, some people do go there. Many people don't go there. Why would people not go there? The reason not to go there is for this halach. The Kedusha of the base Hamikdash was ne- never ceased even after the base Hamikdash was destroyed. It retains its holiness. So just like back in the day, to go to the base Hamikdash, you had to be in a state of purity, um, which includes, by the way, um, um, paraduma, a red heifer, because everyone is considered to be tummy mace. If you've ever walked into a hospital, the understanding is there's probably someone who, has, who was deceased in there, if you've ever been to a cemetery. So then at that point, you need a paraduma, and there's no paraduma today, so you can't if essentially go to Harab. Yeah. So what's the argument, the fact that some from people do? What's the... Is there, I'm saying is there an I'm sure that there's a thing. According to the Rambam, it says, it's still holy. The holiness doesn't go away, which means that it's literally in the same space of holiness as it was back then, which means you have to go in a state of purity. Now, he says that, and so Mepharshim say that since that's the Rambam's opinion, that the holiness of the, of the, of the Beis Hamidrash never ceased, 
So that's based on what he says here about the Aaron. The Savar Rabbeinu, the Hach Milsa, the Gdush Abayis, Lebata, as as the Commander Sphere, Le Aaron Bemukaminikas. Why is it that the Beis Hamidash, sorry, that the space of the Beis Hamidash is still holy? It's because the Aaron was buried on the ground. That's why he has to say it here to teach the Alacha of um, that the that the that the Harabayis is still holy. Who says that? The Rebbe says that. No, some of Farshim explain that why is the Rambam telling us a whole story about the Aaron being buried? To establish in Parak Dalit something that I'll say later on in Tuprakam later, that Kedush Zabayis Lebatla, that Kedush of the Harabayis in the Beis Hamidrash never ceases even after its destruction. Why? Why so? Because the Aaron. So people are connecting dots and saying, oh, because he says here the Aaron was buried. That's why he says later on that the Kedusha never, never ceases. Now. I'm going to skip some of the translation here. The idea is that that's why to go to this to the place of the base of we don't, according to the Rambam, because of, of the R in there. The Rebbe says this is not a good answer. While we're going to skip the parentheses, the brackets. So if the Rabbim just wants to establish one point, that the Arn is there in its place to this very day, which renders the space of the Beis HaMidosh holy to this day, he should have just said, cut out the whole story. Shlema Melech built the thing, and then Yeshua Melech told the Levim, no longer will you carry the Arn, now you're going to get to work by putting it underground. What is that whole story? What's the whole elaboration? Just say three words. Arn b'mekaymai nignas. The Arn, the Ark, was buried in its place, i.e. in the same place, underground. Just say three words, we got it. Why the story? So, Abba the Rabbim is, we're, but, but the Rabbim doesn't do that. He, however, does Aleph, number one. He says that he, the, that he built, Shlomo uh, built there a place to hide the Aaron, but can learn as their vart by, Sum bias that the bay in it refers to the bias to the actual base amidash in totality. Let's skip the parentheses. Onitsu kadashim and not referring to the Kadash Kadash. Kumtais it comes out as Haikir Khasam and Asafer that the Rambam is actually skipping or missing out on the main point. They're in for Arab Mukamignas is nit mugash in the very Rambam. The Rambam actually doesn't say that it's buried directly underneath the Kadash Kadashim. He says that when Shlaimak was building the Basimidash, he built in it a place. To put the ark underground, a place in it. Why does it say in its place? That's question number one. Base a brain knit the roof. It's not question number one. It's question number three. But one in this new count. A brain knit the roof. Then pasuk. Uh, let's again. The Gemara. Remember, I told you there's two opinions in the Gemara as to what happened with the Aaron. Some say it went to Bavel. Some say it was buried. So the opinion that says it was buried underground quotes a pasuk. What's the pasuk? And the ark is there until this very day. Well, so that opinion says, what does it mean, Ad To this day? To which day? This is from Divrei, this is from uh, 10, is Malachim. Okay, so what does it mean, Ad There's a tradition, some people learn, whenever the, whenever Torah says, or Scripture says, Ad Tanakh says, Ad it means whenever you're learning it. So Ad could mean to this very day, i.e. 2023. Um, by the way, you should know, I think girls right, learn Navi, boys don't, by and large. You know why? Because yeshivas are non-profit. All right, all right, all right, all right. Don't throw anything. You get it, non-profit. Okay, I'm just trying out the crowd. I'm trying out, I'm just, fe- just trying material. Trying pop culture and really bad jokes. Okay. Okay. All right. Huh? Yeah. Apologies. Apologies. Huh? <laughs> All right. So Velcha is Madgish as the Aaron Gefinzich Bimakaime. So why doesn't Rambam, why does he have this elaborate quote that he brings? Why not bring the other Pasuk, like the Gemara brings? And primarily the question is, does Far Entfert in Gansen Nitfravasar Rambam bring, yeah, the day as Yeshio had. Why does he have to mention that Yeshua is the one who buried the ark, the Aaron? Vastas is This is not relevant to the entire topic. See, their Aaron has been becoming Why is it relevant to know that Yeshua is the one who buried it? Dalid Nachmer. Furthermore, in the Beda in Yanim, in both of these ideas, where the regarding where the Aaron is buried, on Ver 
Erhat im Gainas Gaben, and who buried it is a Ram Marach Mitkam Vakam Pratim. The Rambam elaborates with many details. Aleph number one, Ashlema Melacha Kabait Dem Art. Why do we need to know that Shlomo Melch is the one who built the underground chambers? Base as is Why do we need to know that the underground chamber was deep and crooked and, and complicated? Why, why is that necessary to know? Gimel as Yeshua Melch Tziva Vaganzu Nitzam Ganzu. Why do we know? Why do we need to know that Yeshua issued a command and then it was hidden? Who cares about the command? Dalit as Vaganzu B'Makim Shabana Shlomo that he built it in the place that Shlomo. Uh, he he hid it in the place that Shlomo built. Nid v'ganzu shom. Why does he just say that he that he that he placed it there underground? Why is he saying? Why does he mention Shlomo Melch's name again? Hey, a brain the roof arrived from pasuk, and he brings a, a proof from a pasuk. Vav under tzu ma'itik from pasuk ech divert, and he also quotes from the pasuk extra words. Levim amavinim l'chalishal gedish l'mashem. All these levim that are holy, that are that are wise. Uh, he said, "Ben David, Melech Yisrael, Eich Lachamasa B'Kasev Atal Ivdu Es Hashem." You have no longer a, a job in carrying the ark. Now you're going to bury it. Velchazan l'chayir ninegets to their haychachas. Yeshua Melech Tziv Vagonz of Makom Shabbat Hashem, which are not at all relevant to the point that he that that Yeshua issued the decree and and they and they and they buried it in the place where Shlomo Melech built. Vas is the nafkus l'dinu from the Allah Pratim and So what is what do we learn from all these details? So if you're counting, we have six questions here. Uh, we had six questions plus another. Three, that's nine, plus another two before, which is 11. Gimel. Now, don't worry, you're not going to have a quiz. Like, what are the 11 questions so far? The point is, the point is just to see this evisceration happening. It's like every word and every line of the Rambam is being attacked. Out of love. Don't worry. Out of love, not hate. Is being literally put under the microscope and... Okay, Gimel. All right, again, 157, left column. By the way, in case you're someone who likes resolution more than tension, we're going to get to resolution. Don't worry. This, the tension is going to subside shortly. But res, you can't have resolution if you don't have tension. I think women are more in resolution. Mm. Men like to argue all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I might argue with that. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, okay. You're catching on. <laughs> Warming up. Okay. Um, by the way, I once heard a, a vart from Manus Friedman. He says, what's love? He says, love is the act, is, love is feeling a sense of closeness and desiring, like moving closer. He says, what, happen if, what happens if you're already close? So what are you going to do? So sometimes you push back in order to get closer. That's what he says. Sometimes tension is created in order to have a resolution because you can't have a resolution if there's no tension. Gimel. We also need to understand. Again, more questions. We're going to have another three or four more questions. All right, let's continue. Let's, let's go, we're going to go through this quickly. From Pasha's Rambam, from the simple language of the Rambam, is If you read Rambam, he seems to imply that, that Shlema Melech, because he knew that ultimately the base of Midrash would be destroyed, he built underground chambers. Sounds like he just created his own design. It's like, oh, I think we should throw in some underground chambers because we may need it in the future, right? It's Tamua. That makes no sense. Every detail, every single brush stroke of the architect's pen was done per God's command. Everything I wrote was from Hashem's illumination of my wisdom. Is vikumtes, says King Solomon, is vikumtes as shleimes How can we fathom that he would have built something on his own? Now, the Rebbe's not saying he did. The Rebbe's saying the language of the Rambam is applying that he did. The Rambam says, and he he knew that it would be destroyed. He built underground chambers. That sounds like he's implying that Shlomo built it on his own. And if he didn't, well, then he's misleading the jury. Jury duty? Okay, base. Vas is the Rambam Messiah Hanal Ubarichos This, I think, was bothering some people before. Why are we talking about the Urim Vatumim suddenly? What's going on? True, the Urvatum has a connection 
a similarity with those things that never return with the second base. But the whole concept of Urn which was one of the begadim, one of the garments, has no place to Hilchas Besa Bechira, not so big they kuna. It's not about the building, it's about the garments. Vas is in Hilchas Kliya Mikdash Rabbi The Rambam has a separate section in his work for the, uh, the, the garments of, of the Kohanim. So Libvas bring their Rambam, their Inyan Da in Hilchas Besa So why does Rambam mention the Urn Vitum? Why does he throw it in over here? Muzman Zagan, therefore we must say, and you'll find this often, Muzman Zagan means that based on the question, we need to come up with a conclusion. The question is not a random question. The question, as I said before, is pushing us into a direction of understanding. So therefore we're forced to say, we must say, we must conclude based on the question. It's an ironclad question. It's pointing us in a different direction. As the shaykhs of an urn v'tumim, aren't is nit nar in dem vas The relationship between urn v'tumim Right, uh, um, of the, one of the begadim and and the the uh, the Arin is not just that both of them didn't return or didn't return in their full function by the second base of midrash. Nor say haban asheichasum etzem in yin They're connected. The urn v'tumrak is connected to the core idea of the Arin on my high time. And for this reason, vert eskebracht in hilchas bezabchir tzuzamin mitini haaron. And that's why it's brought here the hilchas bezabchir about the building itself when speaking about the Arin. Down, vetmen. Any questions so far? Okay. <laughs> Dalit. Oh, more questions. Vedman does for shame by Hektam Adiyah Benegayadim Art. We'll understand this based on another question regarding the place, the placement of this teaching of the Rambam. In Anhayib Hilchas Bezabachira, Zakhtar Rambam, the beginning of Hilchas Bezabachira, again, Hilchas Bezabachira are the lachas about the Bezab Middash. So in the beginning of this section of law, the Rambam writes the following These are the primary things about the, about the actual building. You build the Kaidash. An ulam, which is like the antechamber, or the nach, and afterwards he says up there, you have you build vessels, and he and he mentions, he enumerates the vessels of the base of Middash and where they were placed. So again, if you want to think about this structurally, first he builds, he lays out the structure of the base of Middash, and then he talks about the furniture, as it were, that, that the different pieces that were in the structure. Let's continue. That, that's in the beginning, that's in Parak Aleph of Hilchas Bezabhir. Now, the next, now what continues? In the Vajdadagaprakim, in the further chapters, Parapeyes, Vagimel, is a Rambam Var Tsurasakalim. He, he, he describes the, the he describes the form, you know, the, the measurements, etc., of the Kalim of the base of Middash. But in Parakravi, in the fourth parak, Surasabayas, Kaislebayas, Hechel Sha'arim, he goes back to the structure and he describes the the measurements and, and the shape and the form and the structure of the walls. Now, that's Paratal. So the question is, the Aaron belongs to the Kali, to the Kliyamikdash, which was, if you recall, we just said is chapters two and three. So then why is the Aaron, again, so in Paragal of the first chapter, he's giving us an overall introduction. Two, chapters two and three, he talks about the Kalim. Chapter four, he talks about the structure of the building. So then in the in the in Parak Dalid, which is about the structure of the building, he's talking about the Aran again. The Aran should have been in the previous two prakam. What's going on over here? Und Defar is Defar Gufa Gedrungen. So this itself emphasizes as does was their Aran Gefinsach and Kadashim is a Dasarambam Aprat von Sura Sabais. The fact that the Aran was found in the Kadashim is not it's not a Kali, but it's what makes the Beis Hamidrash, a Beis Hamidrash. Their Aaron is Nitnar Akeli, as I just said. The Aaron is not just Akeli that's found in the Kodesh Kodashim. Let's skip the parentheses. Nor er is a tale from the Kodesh Kodashim binyan atzmei. It's a part of the structure itself. Again, the fact that the, that, that the Rambam talks about the Aaron in the chapter where he talks about the structure tells us that the Aaron is not furniture within a structure, but the Aaron makes the structure a structure. In other words, what makes the Kodesh Kodashim the Holy of Holies? Is it the fact that it's an empty room? No. What makes it a Kodesh Kodashim is that it has an Aaron inside, which means the Aaron is not just a piece of furniture in the living room, as it were, but it, it's what makes... Right, it's like, what makes a living room? Can you have a living room without a couch? No. So one might say, again, this is just to, so for, as an analogy, one might say that, that it's not a living room without... Um, is it, is it Mitch Hedberg, he's like a comedian, was a comedian. 
was a comedian. Still is somewhere, but he also was. Anyway, if you know Mitch Hedberg, that's one of his. Anyway, so he says, um, people say I live in a one-bedroom. I live in, I live in like a five-bedroom. It's just like I have my refrigerator in one bedroom. I have my shower in another bedroom. Anyway, it's a joke. So the point is, it's not that funny either when he says it. Kidding. <laughs> All right, I, until we get a laugh. Well, all right, so the point is like this. So, so what, makes the, what makes that space, it's when it has an urin. He's about to set up, he's about to set up a bomb. Yeah. Wow, okay. It's ticking. I hope I'm not stopping the bomb. No, it's okay. Okay. No, no because... I'm, I'll adjust the timer. <laughs> no, why are we learning this from here? Like, let's say in the Torah. Yeah. Why um, we always learn that the urin is a cavist? And here the Rambam is saying something new that Aaron is not. It's also a keli. In other words, it's a keli. Yes, it's a keli. But it serves another function as well. It defines the Kedesh HaKadoshim and it makes it into a Kedesh HaKadoshim. And the Rebbe uses a source, a, a source text over here. Right? So take a look at what he says. V'ibald, azer orin machne beisamidosh farabayis l'ashem k'meshikosu v'neyadi l'choshem. Hashem says regarding the Aaron, I will, to Moshe, I will speak to you there. I will be known to you by the Aaron. Which means that if there's no Aaron, there's no interface between the human and the divine. If there's no interface, you don't have a base Amidash. You should have a building. You have an empty building. Right? So what makes it a base Amidash, a place where the Shekhinah is, that's, what, that's the, the, the focal point is the Aaron. Without the Aaron, you don't have a base Amidash, you don't have a Kadesh Kadesh. Let's continue. Let's skip to the next page. Here's, it's about to go off. Alpiza, and it goes off right now in this paragraph. By the way, in case you want to know, this is the paragraph. Ah, so much buildup. 159 top, right. Alpiza, vert aber atemia gedoyla. This raises, however, a bombshell of a question. Light dem vet oiskumen. Based on this, in other words, if the Rambam is understanding based on his placement of Arain in Paragdalit, which is structure, which tells us that the Rambam understands the Arain not just as a Kali, but a piece of the structure, what makes the building the building of the Beis Hamidash and the Kedesh that raises a question. Tell me the question. Someone tell me the question. Like them that ice come in, based on this, it would come out as in Bayesh Shani, the second base Amigdash. It's not a base Amigdash. Explosion. That's it. If there's no Aran, there's no there's no Kadashim. If there's no Aran Kadashim, there's no base Amigdash. But the Aran was underneath. That's the Ramam's addressing that. Before the question of the Rebbe is why is the why is the Rambam telling us a story about underground chambers and burying things? How is that Negela Halacha? And the Rebbe is now rewinding everything back to the beginning. The Rambam understands, and how do we know this? Because where he places the RN in his conversation. The Rambam understands the RN as not just a an add-on, but an essential core of the Kadesh what makes it holy, what makes it a base image. If that's the case, again, rewind everything, start from the beginning. Rewind it. Let's look at history. First base of Middash had an Aran. Second base of Middash, you walked in Kajdashim, there's no Aran. If that's the case, one asks a question, rewind everything. The question is, how was there a second temple? There never was a second base of Middash. It never had an Aran. If it didn't have an Aran, it's not a Kajdashim, then it's not a base of Middash. Let's read this inside. Um, the Aaron was not there in its place, i.e. above ground. So the Kedesh HaDashim didn't exist in its, in, its, in its full state. That means, which means the only conclusion would, would have been or would be up at this point is that the second temple was not a base HaMikdash. In order to remove this question, bring the Rambam the ganze Rishus Vegnis Haaren. Was der mit wert verstandig as euch bei Sheni hat nicht gefallen gefällt bei Binyan Abayis. That's why the Rambam gives us the whole story about burying the Aaron underground with all of the details, which the Rebbe is about to unspool in order to establish, in order to allow us to understand that yes. The second base of Midrash was a base of Midrash. The arm was there, as we'll explain right now. Their beer was a hey. Make sense? There's this, it's a masterpiece. I hope it's coming through. It's a, I, I hope I'm conveying it, you know, authentically. 
It is an absolute masterpiece. It's 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 stunning. Hey, it's 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 beyond words. Hey, there be The explanation is as follows. When the when the Rambam goes with it, goes back in history when the when 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 Shlomo Melch built the base Hamidrash and he knew it was going to be destroyed, he built an underground place. He's not trying to tell us, not trying to weigh in on the on the Talmudic debate about where the Aaron was buried. He's telling us a law in Binyan Habayas. Let's keep on going. The Aaron was not buried because the enemy was coming and they had to run with the ark and they had to throw it underground. You know why? If that was the case, if that was the case, it would not be in its right place and the Beis Hamidrash would have been zapped of its holiness. It would, have been, it would not have been holy if it was removed like that. The Rambam is telling us that when Shlomo Melech, he was the one who built the Beis Hamidrash, he built two spaces, two equally holy spaces for the Aryan. One above ground and one subterranean. He built two spaces, two valid spaces for the Aryan. One above ground and one below ground. Um, Aleph, a mocking gully and a revealed place above ground. If there ever should see it because of the and that stone. Bays, a mocking to gain a sign in Lamata, Mikadish Dashim. A place to, to, to hide it underneath the Kadish Dashim. This place was also a piece of the structure from the get-go. This hiding place, this burial place where the Aaron is, is not an additional, it's not an add-on. They didn't create it later. They didn't dig and, and bury it. It's not an add-on to the base of Middash. Um, Nardos is a din. I'm skipping parentheses, by the way. Nardos is a din in Binyan Abayas. This is something with, within the structure of the bias itself. Just like when you build a base Amidash, you have to build a place for the Aran to be, i.e., the Kadesh Gadashim, in a reveal way. So too, the the base Amidash also has a, also has to have a place underground for the Aaron as well. How did Shlomo know how to do this? Um, he was given an or he was told by Hashem. When when the the when the Rambam writes that, that Shlomo Melch knew and he did it, we asked before. It's implying that he did it on his own. The point is, as the Rebbe will explain, the point is that when he built it. It was done intentionally knowing what it was for, which granted it its holiness, because intentionality creates reality. So Shlomo Melch didn't just build an underground chamber and not know what it was for. He knew what it was for, which means he sanctified, he granted it that, that consciousness of sanctity to create a subterranean space, valid space, for the Aryan. When thus is their pirish from Divrei Ram of Eshah Bana Shleimah v'yadah shesevah lecharev Bana b'makim exactly what I just said. Nit ashleimah hat kabayit makim midas atzmei chas v'shalom. Not that Shleimah decided on his own to build a subterranean chamber for the for the Aryan. Nor a hot b'im b'yin gemust visin as yecherav un mehat im gehesin un bana demakim geniza. But he had to know when he was building the base of Midrash about the need. To put it underground, he had to know about this. Why there are in Darv Zechdach Efinin in Kadosh Hashem? The Aron has to be in Kadosh Hashem. Is Ven Shleim a Vot Stama Oiske Grabin Amakim Lamata? If Shleimach would have just Stam dug a place underground, because Hashem said based on the based on the um, on the drawings, Nit Visindictum Tachlis. Therefore, not knowing why Vot a Vot Oiske Kumin it would come out as Beis Habinyan is a Makim Nit Neskadish Kevarin Also Makim Lukdushes Aron Kadosh Hashem. It would never have been come. Sanctified because it was never in the consciousness of the builder. Is there Rabbim Madrash? The Rabbim emphasized that he knew what it was for and he dug it and he built it. He created that place. He built a place for the ark. It became a part of the Kadesh Dashim. What the Rebbe is, is creating here is, is incredible understanding. And that is that there's two holy of holies. There's two Kadesh Dashim. There's one above ground that everyone can see and one below ground. 
equally valid, equally holy. So when we had the question, hold on, if the Arayin is a part of the Beis HaMikdash and there's no Arayin by the second Beis HaMikdash, how is there a second Beis HaMikdash? The answer is there was absolutely an Arayin, but I don't see it. Okay? It's still there. And not in it, not in a secondary space. It was built like that. It, it's, it's, it's as valid as the above ground. There's two parallel chambers. So if it, the second base of Midrash had an Arayin, where? In the Kedosh I don't see it. Oh, because there's two. The same guy that built the first one, the above ground one, built the below ground one. It's equally valid, equally holy. Does that make sense? We're about to get to the next bombshell. It's, it's going to be insane. Alpizeh, oof, maybe we'll skip a little bit. Let's skip, let's skip. We're going to skip Vav. He draws parallels between Yeshua Melech and why he did it. Okay, that's it, it, not the bomb that's going to go off. Um, give me a second. We're going to skip about the Urim Vatumim. I know that came up and that's a, that was an, it's an important detail, but we're going to skip it anyway. Such a good question. Ches. 161 Ches. Toward the bottom of the right column. Based on all of the above, we have a mind-blowing idea. Not just regarding why the second base Hamidash was holy at all. As which we just learned that according to the Rambam based on this whole story, that it had an Arayin and it was in its place, etc., as we just established. That's not the only Kiddush. This brings out a Maila, an incredible idea about the Kedusha, the first base of Midash. Think about it. We always say the first base of Midrash was destroyed and the second one was built. Based on what we learned, what do we see? If the arm was buried underground before the base of Midrash was destroyed, at least 20 years before the base of Midrash was destroyed, and it was in its place the whole time, you know what that means? The core of the base of Midrash, what makes the base of Midrash a base of Midrash, which is the Aran in the Kaidish Kedashim, was always there. And it's still there. Which means the first base of Middash was never really destroyed. It's just taken on different evolutions. But even till this day, it's been It's in its place. Even though superficially, is there even though it seems like the first base of Middash was not an, a permanent edifice, it seems that there was there was a destruction of Rebbeinimius, but on a deeper level, is Oich in Im It also has a measure, a strong measure of eternality. The first base of Midrash, as is in Bayis Risha in Amakim Geniza, because the first base of Midrash had a space underground. Vas is vas. Vas in M is Nitgeven Churban, which was never destroyed. When their Aran is and the Aran is in its place to this day. I mean, the parallels to the human condition are compelling, right? No matter what happens on the outside, don't we all maintain a space inside that is never touched, that can never be touched? We believe that. We could speak in spiritual terms, psychological terms, trauma terms. Uh, Simon Jacobson speaks about in terms of spiritual hypothermia. You can speak about whatever language you want to use. But the core idea here that the Arayin, even if it has to retreat underground, is always in its place. Yeah. That means we still have a basement. Correct. Then let's go home, you're saying. <laughs> then, like, what, then what are we doing? Again, 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 we're missing the other components. We're missing the other components that make it a full thing. But the core of the bias... The core is there. The Rebbe is about to give us... Yeah, well, the, the above ground, the, the other kalim, the other, the functionality, and the other stuff. The, you're right, the core, the Rebbe, is saying, the Rebbe is saying this, the core of the Beis Hamidosh was never destroyed in a, on a physical level, not only on a spiritual level, because the Shechina, once it comes, it never goes, and it, once it comes down, it never dissipates. That's on a spiritual level. He's saying on a physical level, the fact that the Arn is still there means... In its place, in its originally intended and sanctified, consciously sanctified place by Shlomo Melch. The fact that it's still there means correct. 
the Aryan on, on the deepest of levels was never destroyed, fully destroyed. Let's continue. Is it still there? Like, mom, like That's what we believe. That's what we believe. There's no contradicting like other sources that say otherwise. There are other sources, but this is according to the Rambam. Okay. No, there is the the, the Gemara says that the Aaron was taken to Bavel. Mm-hmm. So again, there's there's other there are other traditions, but we're learning according to the Rambam. So I should have qualified that according to the way, to the Rambam, the way the Rebbe is understanding the Rambam, which is a pretty good source. Even though there is a Machlekes, but it's a pretty decent source to fall back on. So that that would be the understanding to this day. I don't know. I mean, the Rebbe was pretty adamant about this being the, the narrative. Um, even with the, with the Menorah, the Rebbe was adamant that they never got it. Right? That, that the depiction on the Arch of Titus is not the real Menorah. That's the round of Menorah. It was another candelabra, but not the real deal. So, let's, get, let's continue. We have a, just a few more things. The fact that the, the Temple Mount is holy, that's the place is holy. Because the Shekinah, as I mentioned a moment ago. But the Rambam is telling us a deeper, much deeper idea. As That even the building, forget about the Kedusha, the building itself, part of the building is intact. Not just the Western Wall, which is a retaining wall. It's part of the base Hamidosh, and a core part, or the core part, is in its space, intact. In so again, just to, just to make sure we have this straight. The first, the first bombshell was that the second base Hamidosh was a valid base Hamidosh, even without the Aram, because it did have the Aram in its place. The Rebbe said, but there's a deeper idea. That's all. That's helping reclaim the second base of Middash as a thing. But he's saying, you know what else it reclaims? The first base of Middash as a thing. The first base of Middash wasn't a temporary edifice that was destroyed and replaced by a second. The first one is really at its core the, a, on a continuum that continue with the second and will continue with the third. Um, Tess, al vet from the This gives us a deeper understanding in the connection between the three batemidash. As is nit as a zain in dry batemidash, velchahab and a shaykhazelaz. It's not that there are three temples that have a connection, have a loose thread between the three. Now, be ikir zain in the ain bias, they're really primarily one. The second and third base of Middash is not a new house. It's not a new building. It's like the first base of being rebuilt again. But it's, of course, the original. I'm going to skip the, the next paragraph and go to the brackets. The brackets is mind-blowing again. Same thing is true with human immortality. If I if we stopped and if I if I caught you cold, not in this context, and I asked you, Judaism believes in eternality of body or soul, what would you say? Soul, body is, is mortal, right? You want to rethink that right now, quickly? Mm-hmm. What do we believe in? What does Judaism believe? Is the body eternal or just the soul? Both. How do we know? Because the building is eternal. The body. How do we know about the physical body? How do we know the physical body is, is immortal? Tchesamesim happens from what? You know what that means? There's always a piece of the original that is there. There's not a second body. not a second, but it's the original body, which means on a core level, like the base of Midrash, there's drawing a parallel. On a core level, there's physical immortality. That's deep. As I like to say, we're all we all have that bone. We're all losers. <laughs> all right. Okay, right. The same thing as It's not that there's going to be brand new bodies being built. Nor one sixty-two. The bodies are built from the loose bone. Vastos is their which is the core of the previous body. And that can't be destroyed. Again, just like the Beis Hamidash, its core cannot be destroyed. The body also cannot be, de- the core cannot be destroyed. And thus is their Indian from Bana by Makim Libnis Baharin. That's the idea that, that, that Shemimel built a place for the Aaron. Their Makim Aaron is their Etzim. The, the space of the Aaron is the core from the Beis Hamidash to the Beis Hamidash. 
in Velches is Nit Shaykh in Chorban Hefsa, which cannot be destroyed, cannot be lost. And from that core space that can never be affected, can never be tampered, can never be harmed, it's from there that life is rebuilt. We could think of this in physical terms, we could think of this in psychological terms, in emotional terms, that there is a space within that remains untouched, and it's from there that, that, that life can be rebuilt. There's a few more points here that are also wild as we kind of uh, come to the final lap of this sicha. I think I'm going to say them outside. Um, they're no less dazzling. A few points. The Rebbe says, based on everything we've said until now, the following conclusion. The only way the Beis Hamidash could have been destroyed, the above ground piece, is only, it's only possible because there was the underground piece. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Had there never been an underground piece, the above ground could have never been destroyed. How can you destroy God's house? We just said that God's house was never destroyed at the core because there was the underground place, which means that if, let's say, conceptually, if the underground place was never built, it means the above ground could have never been destroyed. So one second. He built it per God's command. It's a shame he built it. But the Rebbe says, the Rebbe concludes that. He says, anytime something... It's, it's going to sound like blame the victim a little bit here, but it's not, it's not the intention. He says, something can only happen if we give an opening for it to happen. Right? Shlomo Melch created the space per God's command. He had to do it. God told him, what's he not going to do? Um, Hashem would hire a different builder. So, conceptually, right? So the, but the only way something can happen is when we open the door for it to happen. If a yid doesn't open the door, then it can't happen. Well, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I don't, I don't know that we're <laughs> right. Yeah, but he's, but he brings. No, I'm, I understand what you're saying. But he brings the, um, he brings the, the, the beautiful teaching from from Pirkei Avos. It says um, that in the future, that the soul is going to give a din v'cheshbon after 120 years. The soul will give a din and a cheshbon. The Baal Shem Tev asked the question. He alludes to it here in a footnote and brackets. But I'll just explain this idea because it's really powerful. So again, Pirkei says that we are destined to give a din v'cheshbon. What's din v'cheshbon? Din means a judgment and a cheshbon means an accounting. Now, in any justice system, again, we keep on going back to juries, the court cases, but in any justice uh, uh, case, so first the judges make a cheshbon and then they make a din. Right, first you 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 throw things back and forth, and then you make a judgment. So what does it mean that the soul is going to give a din and then a cheshbon? So Bashantav says the following. It's, it, it, it's crazy. He says when a soul goes above and stands before the heavenly court, who's in the heavenly court? Angels. No angel has power over soul. Angels are right. Souls, angels. That means greater than, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> the other way would be less than, greater than. Souls, sh- sh- angels. So no angel has the power to tell a soul where to go. So what do they do? They, the soul comes up. They show the soul, they, they tell the soul, look, we, we're angels, what do we know? But you're fresh from planet Earth. So we have a question about somebody that we don't know what to do with. It's a ruse. It's a ruse. Don't fall for it. All right, so they say basically, uh, here's a story they change the names. They change the details. Right? They Oppenheimer it. Got it. All right. Again, trying. So, yeah, they, cha- they change some things around. They make it anonymous enough where the guy doesn't realize it's about himself, um, where the soul doesn't realize it's about itself. And they ask for a din. What do you say? What's your din? And so the, the soul, Paskins, gives a din. Then the Malachim say, oh, by the way, that was really you. And then they give a cheshbin. Din? He gives the din, the soul, he, whatever, the soul, she gives the din. <coughs> and then the angels give a cheshben. They give the accounting as to how that din really applies to the soul itself. Which, by the way, the Bashemta says that's why we should get into the practice right now of judging others favorably. You know why? Because it stands to our benefit after 120 years. Because if you train yourself to always look at the, at the bright side, right? 
then when we're shown someone else's story, someone else's story, we'll look at them favorably, and then it's going to benefit us. It all comes around. But the point here is, <coughs> based on the Bashantiv, that the that no one has power over the Jewish soul. And the same thing the Rebbe is saying here in the Sicha. The Gaim could never destroy the base of Middash had Shlemamelch not built a place. Now he had to build a place. Now, so the Rebbe, and the final point is the Rebbe says on a positive note. It's not a shame that Shlemamelch built this underground chamber to give the opening, the possibility for the above ground to be raised and destroyed. It was actually positive. Why? Classic idea for Tishbav, nine days, three weeks, the Rebbe's perspective is that the base of Middash was destroyed, the above ground part was destroyed only for, only in order for, right? Yeah, like what's going on on High Point, right? In the Slavin? Yeah, <laughs> Zevi's house, right? By Zevi, right? What's going on, right? What's going on? You take a house, you knock it down. Why? Not stop to knock it down, you knock it down to build something bigger. So the only way to get something b- bigger is by knocking down the original. So why did Shloyma Melech, and that's the Rebbe says, that's what the Rambam really means. When Shloyma Melech built the base of Middash, why did he know that it was going to be destroyed? Because he knew that he built it. How could something built by a human being ever be forever? Human beings aren't eternal. Well, on the core of the lows they are, but they're, they're at least, is at least on the outside, they don't, they're not eternal. So if they're not eternal, then what they make is not eternal. So Shlaim Amach knew that this had to be destroyed in order to ultimately get to the third base of Middash, which would be eternal. And that's how the Rebbe concludes the Sicha. How is the third base of Middash going to be eternal? Because it's the... The second one was kind of a dick. Well, no, 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 because it, la- it was bigger, it was grander, it was... Not in the beginning. No, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was rickety. It was a bit rickety, but eventually it got nice, and it lasts for another ten years, for twenty versus four ten. So on that level, it was bigger. Yeah, yeah, no, right, it, and they they were missing the iron above ground. But the point is that on some level, it was an upgrade, and ultimately, there's going to be the bigger upgrade, which is on the outside. Right, we have Hashem's base Hamidash, so the core is still there. Right, the core, the core engine. The, the RN and the Kashakadashim, it's still there, it's still, it's still humming away, it's still doing its thing. But, but we don't have a base of Middash, a functional base of Middash. We have a core base of Middash, we don't have a functional base of Middash. It's like hypothermia, I mentioned it before. It's like where the body's in cold water and the organs shut down to preserve whatever heat it has for the most vital of organs. So stuff on the outside shuts down, but you maintain that core energy. So the core is there, but the outside is shut down. Base third base Hamidash, the outside is gonna is gonna once once again hum and be op- operative, and that will be a divine building that will be eternal, and that is the idea. So, so um, sorry, yeah, the Rambam holds that the base Hamidash is gonna come from Hashem. I don't know if the Rambam talks about that specifically, but the Rebbe says in the context of this idea of this continuum, where you have base Hamidash one, two, and three, and we establish that at the core of. At the core of the base of Middash is, is, this, is the Aryan in its place that was never disrupted because there are two valid places. And that means that the first base of Middash is really, is, really, is really going on this continuum. And the only way the first base of Middash was destroyed, at least on the outside, was because Shlomo built that place. So why did he do it? Because Hashem said, but also because that would allow for there ultimately to be a higher level base of Middash that ultimately comes from Hashem. That's how the Rebbe understands it. I don't know if we can also superpose that all those details on the Rambam's idea, but the Rambam gives us the core of that idea that we can then launch from. So, you know, as far as takeaways, I think, well, okay, takeaways. First of all, you see how to learn a piece of Rambam. <laughs> Just like, I mean, I don't know if we want to try this at home, but like, it's it's amazing to see. And I know, I know, I know we didn't do the whole thing inside. You really get the magic when you read it inside, but you see how the Rebbe learns. And I think to me, it's a gift. You know, the Rebbe could have just given us vertlach, like here's a vart, here's an idea, and the Rambam, here's a way to look at it. The Rebbe took us through the process. There's something magical about the process. I know when we did math homework, no one wanted to show our work. We just wanted to give the answer, right? Here's the number at the end. That was the easier way to do it. But there's something beautiful about the Rebbe showing his work here. And I always wonder, like, did the, how did the Rebbe, did the Rebbe have all the questions and then come up with the answer? Did the Rebbe see the answer and then, and then reverse engineer the questions so that we should understand how we can get... I, I don't know. I, 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 there's no way that I can know. I don't know that anybody could know. Um, but it is a magical process. You find the identical process 
with Rashi Sichas, you find the identical process, how the Rebbe analyzes the Chesed there's a story that we have, you know, passed down through the generations. This is the way the Rebbe looks at things, and it's, it's literally a gift. It's an intellectual gift. It's a spiritual gift. So that's on the process side. On the actual learning side, I think it's a beautiful idea that we learned tonight. This idea that, uh, that the base of Middash essentially is still there, and the core was never destroyed, can never be destroyed, because it's literally there. And I think this is, you know, it's great for the base of Middash, you know, to understand it on a deeper level. It's great for understanding about life and immortality, how the Rebbe says the body is also immortal, not just the soul. But I think it's also good for us to know that, you know, when, when life brings us challenge and it feels like perhaps, you know, a certain part of us has been, you know, maybe we're working for, towards something and that, you know, those plans, you know, didn't work out and, and it's, you know, those were swept away. It's, it's important to know that there is a piece of us that we can replicate it and we believe that we have that space within us that is resilient and can rebuild and it's not rebuilding from nowhere. It's rebuilding because there's a core that we have that is absolutely unbreakable. All right, thanks for joining tonight. Appreciate you being here. Sarah, Sarah, thanks for putting this together. By the way, any I'm, if anybody has questions or comments, happy to happy to continue the conversation here. Yeah.